Hello and welcome. I'm Kiana Kablein, a student at Woodside Prairie, and this is the It's Okay to Not Be Okay podcast, the show where we discuss mental illness and hear the stories of many strong students. The goal of this podcast is to discuss mental illness and how it's exhibited in each person. I want to educate those who do not understand mental illness and how one can recognize mental illness within themselves and or others. I will discuss coping mechanisms that have helped me as well as others. Some of the topics discussed may be triggering. If this is something that you struggle with and you're unsure if you want to hear us talk about it, then I would be weary of that. We are going to be talking about some touchy subjects, but I think it would be helpful to hear our stories. By no means am I a medical professional. This is just advice and real life experience from high schoolers who are struggling themselves. If you do find yourself feeling triggered, here is the number of the crisis hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. Hello, all, and welcome to my second episode of It's Okay to Not Be Okay, where we will be covering depression. With me today, I have some anonymous teenagers that have volunteered to tell their stories. So thank you guys for being here today nice. Um, Depression is a common but serious mood disorder. It causes severe symptoms that can affect how you feel, think, and handle daily activities such as sleeping, eating, or working. To be diagnosed with depression, the symptoms must be presented for at least two weeks. If it's not two weeks, you're probably just sad. I first want to start off by differentiating sadness from depression because it's a huge misconception. Sadness is a normal reaction to a loss, disappointment, or problems, or other difficult situations. Feeling sad from time to time is just another part of being human. In these cases, feelings of sadness go away pretty quickly, and you can go about your daily life. A person may say that they're feeling depressed, but if it goes away on its own and doesn't impact life in a big way, it probably isn't depression. Depression is a mental illness that affects your mood and the way you understand yourself and the way you understand and relate to the things around you. It can go it can also go by different names such as clinical depression, major depressive disorder or major depression. Depression can come up for no reason and it lasts for a long time. It's much more than sadness or low mood. People who experience depression may feel worthless or hopeless. They may feel unreasonable guilt. Some people may experience depression as anger or irritability. It may be hard to concentrate or make decisions when you have depression. Most people lose interest in things that they used to enjoy. A lot of people isolate themselves from others. There are also physical signs of depression, such as problems with sleep, appetite, and energy. Sometimes they have unexplainable aches or pains. Some even may experience difficult thoughts about death or ending their life. As I mentioned before, if sadness lasts longer than two weeks, it's depression and usually does not go away on its own. It is a very real illness, but it is very treatable. It's important to seek help if you are concerned about depression Common signs of si- and symptoms of depression in children and teenagers are similar to those of adults, but there can be some differences. 
In younger children, symptoms include sadness, irritability, clinginess, worry, aches and pains, refusing to go to school, or being underweight. In teens, symptoms may include sadness, irritability, feeling negative and worthless, anger, poor performance or poor attendance at school, feeling misunderstood and extremely sensitive, using recreational drugs or alcohol, eating or sleeping too much, self-harm, loss of interest in normal activities, and avoidance of social interaction. It is not known exactly what causes depression. As with many mental disorders, a variety of factors may be involved. Possible reasons may include biological differences, brain chemistry, hormones, or simply just inherited traits. There are many different types of depression, which are persistent depressive disorder, postpartum depression, psychotic depression, seasonal depression, bipolar disorder, and major depression. Persistent depressive disorder is a depressive mood that lasts for at least two years. A person diagnosed with this disorder may have episodes of major depression along with periods of less severe symptoms, but symptoms must last for two years to be considered persistent depressive disorder. For postpartum depression, um, women experience full-blown major depressive disorder during pregnancy or after delivery. They experience extreme sadness, anxiety, and exhaustion that accompany um, the postpartum depression, which make it difficult for the new mothers to complete daily activities and care for themselves and for their babies. Psychotic depression occurs when a person has severe depression plus some form of psychosis, such as having disturbing false fixed beliefs which are delusions, or hearing or seeing upsetting things that they cannot hear or see, which are hallucinations. The psychotic symptoms typically have a depressive theme, such as delusions of guilt, poverty, or illness. Um, Seasonal depression is characterized by the onset of depression during the winter months when there is less natural sunlight. This depression generally lifts during spring and summer. Winter depression typically is accompanied by social withdrawal, increased sleep and weight gain, and predict and can return every year in the seasonal affect disorder. Bipolar disorder is different from depression, but it's included in this list because someone with bipolar disorder experiences episodes of extremely low moods that meet the criteria for major depression, but a person with bipolar disorder disorder also experiences extreme highs. Um, It's called mania, and um, they also have very low lows. So they have very high highs and very low lows. Major depression is a mental disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood and a long-term loss of pleasure or interest in life, often with other symptoms such as disturbed sleep, feeling guilty or inadequacy, and suicidal thoughts. So now that we've gone over these types of depressions, it's time to hear the stories of our guests. Just tell me your personal experience with depression and how it has affected your life and relationships. Yeah, sure. Um, Depression is kind of new to me. 
um, I was diagnosed with depression at the start of quarantine. So it was definitely due to being isolated. Um, yeah, so it started out pretty mild. And then around fall, when school started, it got more moderate. And in January of this year, it became more like severe. Um, so it has been a lot to deal with, um, especially because I had to do a lot of learning about it. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was something that could happen to me. I always saw it as something very foreign and outside, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, with support, it's easier to manage. So I'm really glad that I decided to reach out for help. Um, I was very resistant to therapy and just talking to anyone at first, but when things got worse, I realized that was the best course of action to take. So, um, yeah, I think things are slowly getting better. Um, it definitely takes a lot of time and patience, um, but it always helps me to think of it as something temporary um, and that it's possible to figure out different coping strategies so that you can manage it better, even if it does come back later. Thank you for sharing. I totally agree that depression is not a permanent thing. The majority of people have at least one depressive episode in their life. So I just want everyone to know that it's totally normal. Next person, would you like to share? Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of all around. It started, um, my mental health issues started uh, in fourth grade. Um, I had a traumatizing teacher and ever since that, uh, I switched schools and then I was like, I was always out. Of, I always felt out of, out of place at my middle school. And so I'd always be like by myself. And I feel like that's where like everything came from and my anxieties and depressions. Um, but like, uh, I never really, s s um, seeked medical attention, uh, until about, uh, sophomore year of my high school. Um, but it, it's always been, um, hard to manage. Uh, it, it weaves in and out of my life. And, uh, just recently it's gotten worse due to quarantine and my brother as well. Uh, my brother has actually gone through similar situations, if not worse. Um, it, it affected me a lot when he was hospitalized for nearly committing suicide. And that really, uh, that just put me at a different state of being. And I was in, and it was just really hard, especially since I don't, I didn't have the support that many of, many people get when they go through situations like that, because um, for one, my parents were always working and I'd always be alone at home. And it, it just sucked for me. But like, like I said, it weaves in and out and it's, it's, it's nice when you finally get out of that uh, mental state. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, but thank you for sharing. Um, question. What advice would you do you have for your parents, teachers, friends, etc., that would like so they can be helpful towards your mental illness? Because I know a lot of like 
parents have no idea how to deal with their child. They're just like, oh, you're fine. Get over it. So like, how would you, what would you tell them to help you personally? Like what's helpful for you? I think for parents, it's a really big learning experience for them as well, especially because our generation of parents haven't really, they're not very open about mental health. It also depends on where they're from, like immigrants too. Um, they tend to be more like shut off. At least yeah. that's the case for my parents um, because I don't think they were taught to really deal with their emotions. So they kind of pass that on to us as well. Um, so I think when your parents are kind of like trying to figure out how to approach your mental health, you also need to be patient with them because they're learning at the same time. And yeah, I think it's helpful for parents to, patience is a really big one. And also to just remember not to take things personally because with um, a lot of mood disorders or just like any mental health issues in general, the kid is likely to like maybe lash out or just be really withdrawn um, in ways that parents maybe don't think is like acceptable or just polite or anything like that. But it's nothing personal. It's that they have something going on in their own lives. Um, so yeah, to be understanding and to be kind. And um, even if your kid looks to be okay, sometimes like if they're smiling and laughing or something, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing okay. Um, a lot of times they tend to like hide it because they don't want to be a burden or to worry their family. Yeah, yeah that's definitely a thing. I, I feel like a lot of kids hide it from like their friends too because they just don't want to be a burden to other people. It's like you're not a burden. This happens to everyone. And I'm sure if you like open up to someone, someone else will relate to you and then you could actually talk about it. I feel like being heard is so important. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, because – all it takes is one conversation to make someone feel better. Um, I, I guess parents are kind of, or at least my parents, they, they didn't really like understand the whole concept of mental issues uh, until they saw it with both their children. And um, we, it, like, um, it's a learning experience for everyone. And it's nice to educate yourself on it. No, but yeah, for parents, if you're listening, I think you should maybe read up a little bit. Like, if your kid seems, like, down, look at ways to, like, help them or ask them how they want to be helped. Because I know when I had my depressive episode, I just want to be left alone. I think I stayed in my room forever. I did not go out to eat with the family. I just slept all day. I just want to be left alone, but I know some people want to be comforted and like held and said, just listened to and said like, it's okay. Like it'll be okay. Yeah. But I think it's just not helpful to say like, you'll be fine. Get over it because it's yeah. really not that easy. And it just makes your kid feel like you're not there to support them. And honestly, what they need is support because they can't really help themselves. So you need to like step up and help them. Yeah, and also sometimes, um, as like as you're going through a depressive state, you don't you don't even 
like for me, I didn't, I didn't even know what I wanted. Um, at times I feel like I wanted comfort and without me asking for it, but other times I just wanted to be alone and be isolated from everyone else. And so it's like, it's, you don't know what you want at the time because you're, you're, you're there's like a fog of, of, uh, like bad things in your, in your mind. And it just, it's, it's just like mysterious. You don't know what it is. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you're going through a depressive episode, you kind of feel like you don't really know yourself anymore because you change like, and then you also seem to like, I think a lot of the symptoms are like you lose interest in things that were once really motivating to you or just that you were passionate about and you liked doing. And you also just like have low energy, low mood, um, no motivation. So it's like you're a different person. Um, it can be hard to tell what you actually want or what you need. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes, like, oh, sorry, you can go. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say sometimes you just dig yourself in a deeper hole and then, but without you knowing it, like it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how it happens. You just dig yourself in a deeper hole and everything just seems repetitive. Every day just seems the same. And to the point where it's like, you don't, you don't like, you don't have that motivation you once did to like go outside or like go talk, make effort to go talk to your friends or do things that made you once happy. Yeah. I think for other people, um, a really big sign is when you start to isolate yourself. So if you have like a friend and they suddenly get really withdrawn and they're just not that like excited about anything anymore and they kind of want to be by themselves a lot, um, the urge you get when you're depressed is to isolate yourself. But when you reach out to other people, it kind of grounds you and it brings you back a little bit, even if it's the time period that you're talking to them or even if it's not completely like how you used to be. Um, it's still better than like staying in your room alone because then you get lost in your own thoughts and it can be kind of dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Since we're on the topic of like symptoms of depression, um, the real like the actual symptoms are f- so if you have these, I will be listing them. Just maybe take that into consideration. <laughs> like you feel sad, like empty and hopeless. There you can have angry outbursts. Um, as one of the guests said, loss of interest on like ple- like in activities you normally find pleasure in, like sleep disturbances, like you can't sleep or you either sleep too much, you're like tired all the time, you lack energy and motivation to do things that you normally did, you don't eat or I mean, or you crave food or you- it's either weight gain or weight loss, one of them. I, I lost 15 pounds when I was depressed. That was kind of very scary. Um, along with depression, you can also have anxiety. So that might be a sign of depression, like slow thinking or slow body movements. Just like you just don't feel the same. You like feel worthless or you you're, you have a lot of guilt and self-blame. You have trouble thinking and concentrating, maybe making decisions and like remembering things. Another sign of depression is suicidal thoughts or attempted suicide um, and, like, unexplained physical problems such as, like, back 
back pain or headaches. So if you have like the majority of those, I think you should reach out to someone and talk to someone. Um, my next question, how you, we talked about how other people can help you cope. How do you help yourself to cope? Like, what do you do for yourself? Uh, for me, uh, it was, it was hard coping. I, I guess like at the state of being depressed, you don't really know how to cope. You just live, I guess you just, you're just a, like, you're just being, and, um, it's easy to, to look at other things such as um, substances and it's really easy to get into a habit of them and it and that can like really take a toll into your life um, especially if you have aspirations to be someone um, it can take a toll uh, because you just go into like I said before it's like a rabbit hole you just dig yourself deeper into this hole and then with substance abuse, you can get addicted. And it's just a route I don't wish for anyone. Um, for uh, later later in my, um, uh, in my experiences with depression, um, I've learned to cope in other healthier ways, um, like exercise. Uh, I've been... I've been pretty consistent uh, with exercise. It's really helped me uh, be uh, improve my mental state and my discipline um, all around. And it's just a better way of coping and a healthier way than coping of, as opposed to taking uh, the route uh, the route mentioned before. But yeah. Um. Yeah. For me, I mean, I think exercise is really really effective um because it just like releases endorphins so like biologically it makes you feel good and also if you have anxiety um which usually it goes along with depression for a lot of people uh when you do exercise you release like pent-up energy so it can help with anxiety also um and like it improves your sleep and stuff um but i think the best thing is like to focus on something that you've been letting go of with depression and just like one thing and just take baby steps to improve it. Like it could be your sleep or it can be exercise, your eating, hygiene, reaching out to people, like your relationships and that kind of stuff or uh, engaging in activities that are fun. Even if they don't feel that good right now, activities that you used to do before for fun. Um, it doesn't have to, it's kind of hard to like, it feels pretty impossible to focus on getting everything back up again. So I think it's more manageable if you just take one thing that you want to improve and focus on that. And even if it's just like for hygiene, like washing your face or brushing your teeth, it's better than not doing it. So like not to beat yourself up for not being perfect, and instead reward yourself for the little things that you are able to get done. Another thing I was going to mention was um, natural distractions are a great coping method uh, in my journey. Um, I'd say a natural distraction is something that comes naturally, and it's not really forced upon you. It's just something you pick back up again. Um, For me, it was kind of journaling and drawing, um, like these 
it was a, it was a small distraction throughout the day, but when I was journaling or drawing, um, it really helped me like de-stress because I guess like you you paint a picture and it's like you paint your emotions. Like I know it's cliche, but it's like you, you you're literally painting your emotions onto a piece of paper and you just leave it there. And yeah, art is you a forget, method. Yeah, you you forget about it and it's just it's nice. Yeah, and like with your journaling, you like write down how you feel. Like sometimes you don't like need to talk to someone, but like you need to get your feelings out. And I think journaling yeah. is a very good method if you don't feel comfortable enough to share. Yeah, could, no one sees no one sees your journal. Like my journal has almost I've almost filled up my whole journal by now, and I've had it for like two years now. It's nice to like talk to someone, but not talk to someone like you're talking to a book. Yeah. Not, yeah. Conversation with yourself. Sometimes yeah. those are important. And back yeah. to your substance thing. In my yeah. experience of my depressive episode, I started with the whole substance thing. Did not work out too well. I mean, temporary relief. Yeah, sure. But I, it really doesn't help in the long run. So anyone who's listening who is suffering from mental illness, substances are not the way to go. <laughs> Find a therapist, talk to someone, make a journal, make some art. Actually, I started painting a lot during my depressive episode because I found myself being alone a lot. And I just wanted to like distract myself. Like being distracted is so, it's so nice, but it's not like a cure. Um, So I would like recommend go to a therapist. Have you guys had therapists and have they been helpful? If you oh. had had one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had, a, like, a CBT therapist. Um, I started last year in July, I think. Um, and I continued until, like, pretty recently um, when I was, like, referred to a more intensive thing. Um So I, and I actually, like, find it really helpful. So I just wanted to say it in case this ends up helping anyone else but um I was referred to they call it like an IOP so I think it stands for intensive out care program um it's not the same as hospitalization but for people who have like tried therapy and also medication and it's not working out very well for them um a lot of them tend to get referred to those programs and the type of therapy is called DBT, which I think stands for dialectical behavior therapy. Um, and basically they teach you a lot of different skills. So I have like a sheet of them in front of me, but they break it up into different sections like mindfulness, distress tolerance, which is for if you're, you know, feeling really bad in a certain moment, um, stuff to deal with relationships and emotional regulation, that kind of stuff. Um, So it's very like comprehensive and it can be really helpful. And when it it says like intensive, so it's a long program. The one I'm doing is like eight weeks long and you have to go there for the entire time. So if therapy hasn't worked for you or maybe you just haven't like, maybe the medication isn't working for you, then 
you can ask your doctor about going to an IOP and generally it's covered by insurance. So even if you can't afford it, they also do have financial aid options. Um, but yeah, therapy didn't work for me before and medication wasn't doing that much. So this program is definitely a lot more effective and um, yeah, I would just want to put that out there in case people don't know about it. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think it's very important for people to know that there are so many different programs and opportunities like for people to help you. Like People want to help you. So you just have to go out and seek that help. You need to know that you need help, which leads me to my next question. At what point in time did you realize that you needed, that you couldn't handle it anymore, like by yourself, and that you needed to reach out to someone else for help? Like, at what point? Was it like your worst point, or was it before your worst point? Um, for me, it was during a, a substance trip. Um, I was like, it was, it was just, uh, I, I came back from school and it was just not a good day at school and then I just went to my bed and uh, I just got high and then it, it hit me and then I was just I remember crying in my bed and then for like hours on end and I, I honestly it felt like it felt like a dream because I was going in and out of uh, conscious um, I guess uh, I was in my dark room and it was just it was just bad and it all hit me all at once and then I knew I needed to stop and seek help and so that's when I that's when I uh, pulled over my brother and we I just uh, I I talked to him about it and yeah. Uh, it, it just all hit me at one that time, but, but yeah. Well, I'm glad you talked to someone about it. Eventually. It's better than never. Yeah, um, I never really had, like, a therapist. Um, I was always reluctant to it, and I am kind of still am. Um, it's, it's uh, people, like, assume because of gender norms, it's, like, not all... Like that's like why men are men aren't rep or what's the statistic about men not being reported to like report? Oh, their- I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm glad you brought up the gender norm because it's actually a problem. Like I have a lot of guy friends that I know. Like you can tell they're sad, yeah. but if they ask about it, they're like, "No, what? No, I don't know what you're talking about." And then they just like suffer on their own. And then it just gets worse because they're afraid to get help because they don't want to, like, show people their weaknesses. And yeah, I think that's I, a big problem. So I'm, I'm glad you agreed to um, be on this podcast for, like, a male perspective to show that it is normal. Males can have feelings. <laughs> they can't yeah. be broken and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, uh, like, like I was saying, uh, I, I didn't really have a therapist. Um, that's not because I didn't want the therapist. It's just I thought for me, and it's been effective in these past couple of like days, I'd say because not too long ago, I had a really bad depressive state. 
due to several things around my life. Um, I've, I wanted my, my journal to be my therapy and, um, I've kind of taken the route of, uh, doing my own research and educating myself. However, that is not the most effective way I'd say. Um, I've seen therapy help a lot of people and I'd say therapy is one of the best way of coping with these, um, with mental issues. But, um, for me, it's been effective, doing my own research and um, letting my journal be my therapy. Um, and along with that um, exercise, having a routine, that's helped me a lot. Other guests, would you like to share um, when you realized you needed help? Um, yeah, so it was over the summer of, I mean, I've had mental health issues for a long time. Maybe I had depression before and just didn't realize, but I've been aware of having like anxiety and other issues for a long time. So for some other issues, I I remember seeking help sophomore year because my dad had a heart attack and I didn't, I'm the oldest sibling, so I didn't want to show that I was scared or vulnerable in front of my younger siblings. So I just, we all just ignored it. And I was like trying to be the strong one, you know? Um, But it was too much. So I think I had a few like breakdowns at school and I had to talk to the counselor about that. Um, But at that point I was very resistant to getting help because I didn't do it by choice um, she had heard about it. And so she had me talk to her. And while it was helpful to talk through some things for a little bit and like receive validation, um, because I wasn't open to it, I wasn't really listening or actually taking it seriously. Last summer, I actually went and like decided on my own that it was too much to deal with. And that was because I was so isolated. Like since my dad had the heart attack, he's vulnerable to COVID. So I hadn't left the house from March of 2020 to October of 2020. Not even to go to the grocery store or anything. I hadn't driven or left the house in all that time. So I was really isolating myself. And I had a, a few breakdowns also during that summer. So that's kind of how like it all came together and I realized and my parents realized too they were pushing for me to get help and I finally gave in and I said okay I'll try it and if it doesn't work and if I still don't like it then I can just say no after but yeah I mean it was it's good to talk to someone um, but it's only helpful if you're open to it and I don't think I was very open to getting better until this past month or so when I got referred to a program and I think like the pushing point for me was when I started getting like kind of like suicidal thoughts and all that. And I thought about how it would affect my family and my friends also. And I also saw how it affected them when they had to hear about it, at least my parents. Um, So then I realized, okay, I need to like, I really need to try to get better. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the pushing point for me.
Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing. Um, that's all the questions I have today, but do you guys want to talk about anything else before we go? Yeah, I think um, it's kind of sad, honestly, but when you're going through your own mental health issues, you kind of forget about your friends also. And like most of them are going through the same thing. It's pretty rare for someone like teenagers go through a lot of just emotional things, but because you're not really, you're not like an adult yet, you tend to feel, at least for people I've talked to, that like you shouldn't be struggling because you don't have to deal with some adult problems. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not like still hurting. So Definitely. I think it's important to like look out for your friends and check in with them. Even if it feels like you're being vulnerable, it's better to be open um, because then you can like reach out to someone and yeah. impact oh. them. Sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like parents, if you are listening, do not tell your child ever you have zero reason to be depressed. Like, so what? <laughs> like they could still be depressed anyway, even though they're given everything. Like um, in the last podcast, someone mentioned like their parents said, or no, a teacher said to them, you're too privileged to have anxiety. And I think that's super messed up that people like totally downplay mental illness sometimes because they just some people just don't understand. They've been so lucky that they haven't had to deal with mental illness themselves, so they don't understand. So yeah, just never say that to anyone ever. Yeah. They have no reason to be not okay. Yeah, uh, I'd say like just if you're struggling, just like reach out. Like even uh even like in my situation it was really like really really hard to like reach out for help one because uh, my brother was also like going through similar things if not worse um and like my mom she was also going through the same thing because she heard that my grandma had gotten cancer and it was like hard for her and my dad on the other hand um he was uh i never i kind of there was a time where i, I just didn't see my dad for like he would just go to work and that's all he saw and I'd just be alone. And um, that's why it's, it, it's important to reach out for help. Um, whether like a therapy session or like just anything, just like, please reach out. Um, for me, like, like I, like I've mentioned before, um, it's, just find something that works for you, something that's effective. Um, like, don't, like, just don't give up. There's, yeah, there's, there's different reasons for people to be depressed. Like, it varies from person to person. And that's the same with treatment. Like, you may try something and it won't work for you. Um, so just keep going. Like, don't give up if something doesn't work out. Just, like, keep going and trying to find help because something will work and you will get better. Depression is not a forever thing, so. Pain is temporary. Pain is temporary. Exactly. You just have to be strong enough to get through it. Because I know when you're depressed, everything seems the worst, and you feel like nothing is ever going to get better. My life sucks. I might as well just, like, die because nothing's ever going to get better. No, that is not the case. Things will get better. I really thought, like, sophomore years when I got super depressed and like oh my god this is the end of the world like 
like nothing's ever going to get better. Like I might as well just die. Like no one's going to miss me. No one cares. But like that's not the case at all. There's so many people that like love you and actually care about your well-being. So you just need to find those people who care about you. Yeah, but like like overall life life in in and of itself is like super short if you think about it. Like every four years you meet a new as a teenager every four years you've met a new batch of people and it's um it's about like enjoying your time with them and and living in the present um that's why uh that's why i've also like went into um substance abuse for some time um i just that's all it was i was it's 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 a temporary fix but it's like the 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 results and the outcome of it over time is just horrible because at the end of the day you'll just end up getting more depressed or with more anxiety but um that's why uh uh it's important to live in the present in a healthy way yes and enjoy and enjoy your time with um the people you're with and and yeah moral of the story help yourself before it's too late don't wait until it gets so bad to find help because things will get better and if you if you delay your help things will just go on for longer and we don't want that yeah okay i think that's all the time we've got guys so Perfect. thank you so much for opening up and being super vulnerable. I know it's very hard to like open up <laughs> about your issues with um, people who may listen to this. Um, so I really appreciate it. So thank you very, very much. Now that we've heard the stories from our guests, it's time to talk about treatment and therapies. If you feel depressed, make an appointment to see your doctor or mental health professional as soon as you can. If you're reluctant to seek treatment, talk to a friend or loved one or any healthcare professional. Depression, even the most severe cases, can be treated. The earlier the treatment can begin, the more effective it is. Depression is usually treated with medication, psychotherapy, or a combination of the two. If these treatments do not seem to reduce the symptoms, electroconvulsive therapy and other brain stimulation therapies are options that you may want to explore if medication and psychotherapy do not work for you. I do want to mention, though, that no two people are affected the same way by depression, and there is no one-size-fits-all for treatment. It may take some trial and error to find the treatment that works best for you. Um, Medications such as antidepressants are used to improve the way your brain works, it uses um, certain chemicals that con- it controls certain chemicals in your brain that control your mood or stress. Antidepressants take time to work, usually two to four weeks, and often symptoms such as sleep, appetite, and concentration problems improve before mood lifts. So it's important to give the medication a chance before reaching a conclusion about its effectiveness. 
Please note, though, that in some cases, teenagers and young adults under 25 may experience an increase in suicidal thoughts or behavior when taking antidepressants, especially within the first few weeks of it starting and, and or when the doses are changed. Um, several types of psychotherapy, which is talk therapy, um, are used to help people with depression. Examples of evidence-based approaches specific to the treatment of depression include cognitive behavioral therapy, interpersonal therapy, and problem-solving therapy. Lastly, there are brain stimulation therapies. ECT can provide relief for people with severe depression who have not been able to feel better with other treatments. It is not a painful electrical, it's a non-painful electrical impulse um, that goes into your brain. Um, the patient is put to sleep and after a few minutes, they are awake and active. Things that are not medical that you can do to help yourself include trying to be active and exercise. Set realistic goals for yourself. Try to spend time with other people and confide confide in a trusted friend or relative. You can try not to isolate yourself and let others help you. That is so important. You need to let others help you because sometimes you cannot help yourself. You really can't expect your mood to improve immediately. You need to understand that your mood will improve gradually. Someone with depression should postpone important decisions. If they have to make an important decision, you should discuss it with someone that knows you well and are more have a more objective view of the situation. Lastly, you should continue to educate yourself about depression because it's really important to know what's happening to you and how to deal with it. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Catch me next episode.